This episode is dedicated to Chadwick Boseman, who recently lost his battle to colon cancer. The wow factor in this is that for four years he battled this, but brought us Black cultural magic that changed the lives of many, even me. As an African migrant, I struggle with identity crisis because who I was as an African wasn't necessarily accepted. I was teased, I was bullied, and I found myself conforming to a culture that wasn't mine to just fit in. But him being a part of the Black Panther, King T'Challa, he brought us, made being African cool, and now young people from different nations don't have to worry about not being accepted because they're different. So I dedicate this episode to him because through his battle, he was able to push through and still make massive impact. So now I challenge myself and now I'm motivated to do more and be more to make change in my community and in this world. Thank you, Chadwick. May you rest in power. languages do you speak? One, two, four? I know how to teach you how to speak four languages. Now I know you're probably thinking, what languages can she teach me? Maybe English, Spanish. I think Japanese is really cool. Mandarin. But no, these languages that I want to teach you are languages that are going to make you effective in your business and marketing, even in how you lead and support the people that you're around. It'll help you have effective relationships and realize how to really motivate and inspire people and talk to them in a way to get them excited. I want you to schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org if you're a leader of a team, if you have a team that is having issues with conflict, if you're an individual just trying to take your business to the next level or your relationships to the next level. You need this tool because it's going to be so effective that you're going to see the transformation that happens around you. So schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org or go to AishaThomas.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on that link for individual consultation. And let's get started on transforming your communication, collaboration, and reducing the conflict that you might face. I was going to bring back another interview today, but I think with everything going on during this time, I think it's important to hit again about leadership and empathy because those team members that are of the African-American community, they're emotionally drained right now. I saw, I saw a post that said that your black friends, your black colleagues, they're emotionally drained. And it's a lot going on that some leaders might not understand, and this can apply in so many different ways, not specifically for this time, but I think it's important, again, to talk about leadership and empathy and the power of understanding, even though you can't specifically relate, so you can really support your team members effectively. So get your notepads ready, and let's get into this serious conversation about leading with empathy. Corporations you know, actually, just I'm not even going to use the word corporations. People need to realize um, that for many people um, that are marginalized, um, to see someone that literally could be your relative be killed, murdered in front of you felt so incredibly personal. Um, the way it affected me, I honestly felt like I was, I had seen one of my relatives. Um, 
be killed it was awful and i just think a huge amount of compassion compassionate leave needs to be granted to your black staff if they want to take it um and i think that's where it starts it's about actually humanizing the workplace because i think there's there's there is an absence of humanity so i want to ask a question have you ever heard the saying you need to be able to separate your personal life from your professional life. I know we probably all have heard that. And although there is a fact to that in a way, in reality, it does, your personal specifically, can still affect your professional life. Even though we need to separate it, depending on what's going on, it might show up in different ways. So you might have someone that might still be going through things personally and it's not affecting them where now their work, their work um, output has changed or, you know, they might still be showing up externally like they're a go-getter, but they're staying later. They're so like in tune with the work to get their mind off of what's going on personally that they're grinding harder. But when they show up at home, it, it's, you know, maybe a breakdown there. And then on the other side, you have people who are dealing with things personally, and it does affect their work output, their productivity, their performance, and how they show up for their customers, their clients, and so on. So it's like, essentially, your professional can affect your personal life and vice versa. And I think that as leaders, we have to really recognize that although that is the saying, that is the mindset, is it truly reality? And I think the answer is no in the big picture of things. For example, like I'll use my own personal example. I've shared this before on the podcast, maybe earlier, but I remember when I was in a very toxic type of situation and I didn't have the level of self-awareness that I have today. And it affected me in the way where it was the opposite um, of where it, it was, it was affecting my output. And normally I'm a grinder, like I'm one of those people that know the importance of my job because my job is what, you know, take care of, is what takes care of my family financially, provides medical. I don't want to do anything to hinder or affect that because if I do, then essentially I won't have a job and it's important to me. But in this season, I was younger, I was, you know, I, I didn't have the maturity level that I have now that it was affecting it and my, my leadership they were aware of a change, but they never really talked to me about it. And it wasn't until they told me, hey, you know, we're, we're about to transition and, you know, you're like, we, we no longer want you to work here, basically, is what they were saying. That then it was like, I got a breath of, oh, so you guys noticed a change in my behavior. And now as a leader, now it's just like, I don't want to do that. I want to give my team members the opportunity to... I can't even say confide in you because essentially people don't have to tell you their personal business, but I do want to make people aware that, hey, there's been a change. What's going on? Is there any support I can give you? And that also goes to the shape of our, our future workforce because gone are the days that we have team members that are solely going to work for a check. And you might still have people that are doing that, but a purpose-driven life is what people are more focused on now. They're looking at they're looking at their jobs and seeing if there is their purpose in it. Am I valued? 
It's no longer no longer just about a check. Am I being developed? Is my leadership developing me? Are they opening up doors or providing opportunities for me to get better outside of this just this annual review that you give? And that's why I created that employee development uh, master your employee development plan checklist on my website because we really need to look at how we lead our teams for the future so different than the annual review. We forget to do our, maybe our six month checkup. We need to make sure we're coaching and we're touching on those areas on a regular basis. So we're developing them or we will have a retention issue. But to go back to the story, you know, as a leader, I was thinking like, man, what would have happened if they had just talked to me about it or mentioned something to me about it or just reached out because I really was so deep into I was just in a bubble of pain and hurt. I was dealing with so many things personally that I wasn't showing up like this go-getter that I was before. And if I knew maybe early on it was going to lead to me basically being you know, fired, maybe I would have, something would have clicked. And there probably was one coworker I was confiding in that I was telling what was going on because it was more of an embarrassment to me. It was more of if I tell them that I'm in this abusive situation, will they let me go? And that's the reality. A lot of our team members are going through some deep things that, again, they don't have to share, but it will affect their work output or it might make them be so tailor focused at work that that's their only escape. So they're so focused at work. So now they're there a little longer or they're grinding a little bit harder. So it might not even look like anything's going on. And even serving in the military, what we realize is that the suicide rates have gotten so high. But what is the number one reason? The number one reason is because of family and relational problems. That is the top reason why there are so many suicides. And some people are like, I, I didn't even know that the person, there was an issue. Because although the person might be, we, we can, it's easy for us to show or tell something's off about somebody that is not performing like they used to. But what if the person is still performing? What if they are excelling and they're just grinding hard? But again, deep down, what's happening is that they're so focused on the job because again, that is their only escape from the pains that they're dealing with at home. Because when they get at home, that place that's supposed to be sanctuary is no longer sanctuary. And the reason why I talk about all this is because with everything going on in the world today, you might not think that some leaders might not be able to relate specifically. They might not think it's a big deal, but we still need to work on our empathy and our understanding and finding ways where we can still support our team members and acknowledge how they feel, understand how they feel. And essentially, we can't specifically hold someone's hand and help them get through whatever emotions that they're getting through or they're dealing with. But we need to do leadership a lot differently because people are looking at what's going on in the world. People are affected by it. People are emotionally drained. People are being triggered. People have lived this experience. So I really want to make sure that we're looking at it at this sense of this perspective because the reality is, think about it. For those who have children, 
And especially if you have young children or you might have, you know, older children and because you've experienced life, they come to you and they say, someone broke my heart or my son comes to me crying about his car being broken. And in my head, I'm like, dude, it's no big deal. You got 50 cars over there, you know, get over it. But what will, what will, will we still do as parents? We'll still console them. We'll still be like, okay, baby. Ah, okay. Ah, mommy understands. Daddy understands. Okay. You'll do the little talk with them and you'll give them a pep talking, you'll, you know, get them along the way to kind of go around that. And that's where empathy is. And what happens a lot of times is that we'll give empathy to individuals that we care about. Our empathy for people we know and care about is so different. Even in the cases where people have committed heinous crimes or they've done something, and just imagine this is a family member or a friend that you've known all your all these years, you might be more apt to believe that they might have not done it. Like, ah, he wouldn't have done that. She wouldn't have done that because I know them. Like, this is my friend. Why? Because you have that closeness and you have that relationship with them and you have a level of empathy and understanding with them that you'll look at it differently. Your emotions are attached to it differently. Your understanding is attached to it differently. But we don't do the same for our team members who are working towards our mission and our visions. And we're seeing these people every day for years. We already know that the people that we are, we are at work with, we probably are around them more often than we are around our own families. But there's a disconnect there. And I'm not saying that you know, there's no level of professionalism that we need to have. We do. But the human side of leadership, we got to really tap into that because you might not understand again when someone's going through specifically, but we have to have that level of emotional intelligence and know how to navigate and connect. Because remember, I've been talking about emotional intelligence a lot. I've been doing a lot of workshops, but the power of emotional intelligence is understanding how our emotions and how we need to show up and understand ourselves and have that self-management and that self-awareness. But we need to also be able to tap into that as leaders for our team members as well, because they are going through things. A lot of people are in a lot of pain right now. And we need to have that understanding of it. We really do. So let's talk about it some more and break down the dynamic of being a leader of empathy, of understanding, tapping into our emotional intelligence so we can support our team members on the human side. Because by us relating to the human side of our team members, now we can also help them in the means of them showing up on the professional side effectively because someone is either affected in one way where, again, their professional is affecting their personal or their personal is affecting their professional, but essentially they all tie in together in some kind of way. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. Have you checked out my new YouTube series, You Need Leadership Development? If you haven't, go check it out. Click the link in the show notes because this is really walking you through why you need to grow personally and professionally as a leader because we're not just leading in the workspace. We're also leading ourselves. We're also leading in our households. So make sure you guys check that out and get the tools and the strategies you need to be an effective leader 360. Again, find that information in the show notes and get plugged in to how to take your leadership to another level. One of the things I talked about when we first started, 
Shauna and fellow panelists. I am cautiously optimistic in, in this moment, right? And the reason why I'm cautiously optimistic is because history has taught me to be cautious, right? Um, and in the conversations that I've been having, articles I've written this week, sort of the hashtag that I'm using is hashtag prove me wrong. And what I mean by that is the energy that our, our white colleagues and, and allies are showing up with today, I need that same energy one week, one month, one year from now. Because the challenges we are trying to dismantle are systemic. Um, we are trying to, in essence, reprogram the consciousness of this nation. And that does not happen by accident. Uh, it does not happen overnight. Um, so that, that's been my biggest piece of advice. Prove me wrong. Can I ask you about what managers need to do at this stage? Because many find themselves in uncomfortable territory. They want to bring about change, but they don't know exactly what to do, what sort of change to ensure across their organization to bring a change in culture. What do you suggest at this point? Um, I would suggest this needs to be a listening exercise for businesses and in, goes, you know, in regards to kind of external corporate responsibility and internal responsibility for your people, I think first and foremost, corporates need to be working internally. What's their internal culture like? Are they listening to um, all the different voices that make them who they are? Do they have representation of black and brown people at senior leadership level? And if not, how can we facilitate spaces where the price of them actually putting their hand up to air a grievance isn't going to cost them their job? Um, so I think it takes a lot of listening. I think it takes a huge amount of compassion. So what can we do as leaders to start to humanize the workplace? Because that essentially is what we're doing. And that is the future of the workforce, humanizing it. Because people want to feel connected to you. They want to have buy-in, but they won't have buy-in if you aren't taking your time to connect with them. So by you taking the lead of being more of someone that decides to humanize the workplace, you can also lead the pack and the change behind you. Because essentially, if corporate doesn't make changes, if nothing comes down to embed these new processes, what can you do as a leader to start embedding changes within how you practice and connect with your team that could essentially benefit you as you move up the chain and you go from first tier, mid tier, and now you're an executive as well? So one of the first things I want to highlight is the reason why inclusion and equity is so important. Inclusion, I get a voice. My voice is heard. It's appreciated. It's taken in. And then I have equity. I have a seat at the table. I actually can be in the decision making role is because if the top is allowing voices to be heard and it's sitting, it's allowing people to sit in the room from diverse backgrounds now they're building a relationship and you're, you're getting to know people below the surface. Just think about it. If an executive team or decision-making room of executives and leaders 
are there and there's no one in the room that really looks like them. They might not understand the pulse of what's going on downstairs or what's going on or the feelings of people from different minority backgrounds and if because there's a pay gap or because, you know, there's a culture issue. They might not understand that. But just imagine if they're working next to that black woman, that black man, that Asian woman, that Asian man, from all these people from different backgrounds, and they are getting to know them on a deeper level because essentially when you work with people on a regular basis, you get to kind of have like a little family relationships. It become like your secondary family because essentially we are spending more time at work and with our team members a lot of times more often than we're spending with our own families sometimes. So now you're building relationships with people who look like Aisha. And now when you see Aisha, you might have a different outlook of me that unconscious bias might be now dispelled. That stereotype is now dispelled because you work with so-and-so at the high tier level and you've gotten to know them on a different perspective. So that bias that you once had, those stereotypes that was being fed to you by media or whatever type of uh, bias you know, method that you might've been exposed to, all that's been dispelled. So that's why inclusion and equity is so important, because now you're able to be in rooms with diverse people, build those relationships. Those relationship building tools can really dispel all those myths and those stories that we get from all these external means. And now we will build empathy because think about it. Empathy is so powerful because when your child comes to you about something that you're like, that's not a big deal. Just like if somebody that came into the workplace and said, you know what, this shooting that happened in this neighborhood, George Floyd, this experience really hurt me. And you're like, I don't really understand. I'm not worried about that. But when your child comes to you crying because they broke a crayon, you're like, man, you in your head, you're thinking that's no big deal. It's just a crayon. You can, we can buy another one. But you will still take time and console your child. You give them the little baby talk. Oh, baby, it's okay. I'll get you a new crayon. You have a different level of empathy when you have a relationship and a care for somebody. You'll even wonder, say if somebody does something inappropriate or wrong, because you've known them for years and you've built a relationship with them, you will question and wonder, really? Carol really did that? I, because you've got to know Carol. So you're my go and navigate about you will you will navigate that issue a lot differently because you have that relationship with that person. That's the power of empathy. That's the power of getting to know people, because now you get to have a different understanding and viewpoint of them on the surface level. Now, that doesn't mean essentially that Carol shouldn't be reprimanded or fired because of what they did. But again, the way you go about it is going to be totally different than you not having any relationship with the person and you continue to lead with your bias. So that's why inclusion and equity is so important because it's a great relationship building tool that will allow you to build empathy and understand people who don't look like you and understand people from diverse backgrounds. But what else can you do as a leader? You can connect with people that that basically you have never connected with. Maybe you have a circle of people you have lunch with. Maybe you only talk to certain team members. But how often are you taking time to connect with other people that you might have never talked to before? So there is, um, in our leadership team on the military, we have a commander. So consider him like, say he's the CEO of the organization. Well, he used to have coffee with the commander. Um, he's transitioned now, so we have a new one in. But Coffee the, with the Commander, I loved it so much because you got to sit with some someone at the top level that you don't normally get to talk to. 
Not only that, he invited people that were from different divisions, different leaders. So not only were we getting to know him, we were getting to know each other. And outside of the good mornings that we see each other and we just walk by. It went from being surface level. And now I got to know bits and pieces of information about this commander, this leader, these other leaders. So now I looked at them differently. So I saw them. Good morning. But now I saw them. Hey, what's up? How you been? How's your family? It changed the dynamic. But that started from the top. And because he decided to do that, it changed the culture. We got to know each other on a different basis. So that's why it's so powerful that you take the lead in connecting with people that you might not regularly talk to. But also also bring your other team members there because they are getting the opportunity to get to know their other team members that they might have never got to talk to, that they might have really a lot of uh, connections with. Or, again, you get to know someone below the surface. Add a human touch to interactions. I want any any leader that's listening to this right now, I need you to write down the names of all the people on your leadership team. If you don't know all their names, that's a problem. That's a red flag right there. <laughs> but if you do, write down three things you know about them that could help you have a human touch or interaction with them. Hey, how's your, done, your son doing in college? I know with COVID and how they're doing everything, how's he dealing with that? Hey, how is... The, the building of your new house going, things like that, things on a deeper level, just moment. It could be a moment that you can share a different type of interaction with someone where they're like, man, they really took time to know me. I can't believe they remembered that. That's important to some people. They want to know that we care and we understand them on a different way. Oh, my goodness. Did your granddaughter like was she born already? Like, did you I know you just found out that you were having a girl, but what's her do? What's the due date? So really take time to get to know people on a deeper level. Add human interaction or a human touch to when you send them text messages or emails. So add a little dab of that in there. And and again, we know we're in a professional setting, but that's important as well. What relationship building activities are you doing? So I talked about the coffee with the commander. What can you do every month? Yes, it's great we have an annual event or annual retreat. However, it's important that we're connecting with our team members on a regular basis. So it could be lunch every month. It could be every third month. Every quarter we do a volunteer event and every other month we do a lunch with the team. Because again, you're getting to know people on another level and then they're getting to interact because we're also leading and also teaching at the same time because those individuals, they might be a future leader in the midst of that. So create those relationship building activities. Acknowledge people who are down, behavior changes. I shared the story earlier about how there was a behavior change which affected my output, my productivity. No one ever talked to me about it, but what if they would have? Hey, Carol, I noticed that there's like, you know, the productivity has changed. Is there anything I can do to support you? Is there something within the organization? And essentially, Carol doesn't have to tell me what's going on, but that might open up a door. They might feel appreciated and and you notice. Or sometimes, again, like with me, I didn't realize I was in such a mess that it was affecting my productivity. So that would have been maybe an awareness moment for Carol to be like, oh, I didn't even know my workload or my work productivity was being affected and now that's something that maybe you guys can work through and maybe they will open up maybe they won't but get with HR identify resources you can give to a team member who might open up and say hey I need help or get with other team members that you know they're close with and say hey I've noticed that so and so is there anything you can tell me that I can do to help them but first you have to build relationships with people ahead of time 
and do that, embed that process early enough so people can feel comfortable to talk to you. Because if this is your first time asking those questions, they're going to be like, uh, you want me, you expect me to tell you <laughs> what's going on with me and you've never acknowledged me before. But it's never too late to start. Just know that. We need to be connecting with our people on a regular basis. Do people have a voice? We have to realize when we're making decisions, we make it, we make it with three things in mind. Empathy, the people factor, the big picture factor, and also the practical steps to get there. But some of us will think big picture and forget to ask the people or we'll think practical, but we never think big picture or, or have empathy or understand the people and how this decision will affect them. So people need to have a voice. Yes, there are going to be some decisions that come from the top and there's nothing you can do about it. But hopefully the top is diverse. It's inclusive. It has equity. So when decisions are made at the top, there are people up there that have considered all these different aspects. But allow your team members to have a voice. Talk to them. Get to know them. Ask them, hey, listen more as well. We do all the talking, but we need to listen more. And then finally, we're developing the next generation of leaders. Involve them in the team building process. A lot of these things that I said that you need to do as a leader to take the lead, you also need to be developing your future leaders to do the same exact thing. Hey, the next team building activity or exercise, make this person and this person come together. Hey, can you two take the lead on the next one? And now those two individuals are building a relationship or getting to know each other. Now they have to create something to benefit the entire team. And now what you don't even realize is now you're creating that team cohesion, that well-oiled machine that you want. So remember that everything that you're taking a lead on, you are also helping the next generation of leaders see how to build relationships, see how to do employee engagement, see how to work on culture shifts and building empathy and understanding and humanizing versus teaching the next generation of leaders to basically lead based off of only revenue clients and not even considering the people that are pushing your mission and vision, which are your team members. So embed that in your processes. It's never too late to start. And before you go and ask, hey, what do I, what do you need from me? Do research. There are tons of articles. There's tons of YouTube videos out there that you can be watching. There's tons of information for you to just go out and understand how people feel. So go out and educate yourself as well, because sometimes we will go out and ask, hey, what is it that you need from me? But the information is out there. So I really, really, really want you leaders to not only identify, again, your team members' names, the three things you know about them. Also start working on your own personal research. I educate yourself. Those individuals shouldn't have to educate you. There's tons of stuff out there. And by you taking that next step and start really working on humanizing your workspace, your leadership style, your emotional intelligence will get better. And now you can not only not be able, excuse me, you not only will be able to be effective in managing yourself and in making sure that you're showing up effectively. Now you're also helping others see how to do it and really making that team relationship so much more effective that now is going to benefit your team, your organization, and really help in creating a better culture within your workforce. So I hope that helps. Again, your team members are emotionally drained right now. Your black team members are emotionally drained. Your bosses are emotionally drained. They're dealing with a lot right now in the African-American community. 
So although you might not understand specifically, you can build that empathy just to have a listening ear, just to be able to support in some kind of way as we are moving in a direction where spaces and changes in the world can truly happen and we start to see some betterment happening in the world where we don't continuously have to see these same issues that are going on. That's all we can hope for, that things will change and get better. But it just starts with you. All you can do is what you can do. So even if there's no organizational change, be the person to be the change. Take the steps necessary and start to humanize the workplace one organization at a time. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn your notifications on and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.